remain standing, please take your Bibles tonight to the book of Revelation, book of Revelation, chapter number 22. We'll begin reading verse 16. We'll read through the end of that chapter, which is the last verse in the Bible, verse 21. Revelation, chapter number 22. It's an exciting book of the Bible, isn't it? And uh, I, I, have, I have trouble understanding everything in it, and I'm pretty sure I don't understand everything. But uh, I'm thankful for everything that's in there. And one of these days we can sit at the feet of Jesus and let him tell us all about it. Amen. But I uh, thank the Lord. I know one thing for sure is what we're talking about here uh, tonight. And uh, we'll read verses 16 through 21. I'll read verse 16. You join me on 17 and so on down through the end of the chapter there. Uh, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that athirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. I love what it says there, the last part of verse number 20, even so come Lord Jesus. I'm looking forward to that, aren't you? I want to speak to you. The time of my message is this, my prayers, my prayers. You know, I, I pray about a lot of different things, and I'm sure we all do. And, uh, but I pray about three, three things, really, maybe kind of four. We'll get into the, into the message here. But three things I, I pray about uh, considering this subject tonight and uh, I want to speak to you about that here this this evening let's pray father once again we're so grateful we can be here tonight in this place we we enjoy being in church we enjoy being with God's people oh we we cut up and and we 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 laugh and we even cry and we rejoice Lord so many things just means so much to us and this place is so special to us tonight i'm thank you thankful that you brought us all here together tonight lord i pray that you would speak to us holy spirit again move them in the midst of us tonight lord i pray help me as i bring this message i ask for your power and lord not to impress anybody we might walk away from here not thinking about the kind of delivery that i make but the truth that we'll learn and glean from the word of God tonight. Bless us and help us now. Save the one that may be here without you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Every day we're bombarded by all kinds of things that happen in our, in our world. And many things that are sad. Many things that are evil we see happening. Uh, I can hardly watch the news anymore. I find that if I try to read the news, that way when I start reading, I see something I really don't want to read about. I can stop that 
and uh, I guess maybe I could turn it off otherwise on the radio or something like that, but uh, I, I'd rather just read the news. But when I, when I, when I read, I see, I see that, that, that sin is so prevalent in our, in, in our world today. Uh, I, I'm, I oftentimes say this, I, I'm mostly concerned with America. Uh, I mean, I want the whole world to uh, turn to Christ, but, uh, you know, I don't know, just something about home. It's something about this place called America. And understand this, that our kind were here first. You know, people came here to follow this book and to preach this book and, 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 and do what it says. And, and, uh, and then we look and we see that sin is so prevalent and, uh, today. But not only that, that bothers me, but it's so accepted today. I, I just, it just boggles my mind. I'm sure it ought to boggle our minds how that which is evil is accepted. And people think, well, it's all right. Uh, we talked about the sodomites and the homosexuality and all that and how that is accepted today. Uh, we, you know, I mean, just listening to the people talking about abortion and how it's an accepted thing. And uh, the, uh, the governor of uh, uh, Illinois, which is, I think, a part of Russia, but, uh, Soviet Union, and uh, but over over in Illinois, and he said that we are we are the most friendly uh, abortion friendly state, and uh, he wants to make it as easy as possible for women to, and, and and they say have an abortion, but what it really is is to kill the babies, and uh, that's that's what they what they talk about, and I see that it is it is the sin is so prevalent and is accepted by so many people, and so what happens we find ourselves in this world, and I'm talking about we that are saved, we've been born again. I'm not talking about just church folks because a lot of people, I talked to a man this past week, and he was saying about they want to pull out of the denomination they're in. They're in a brethren denomination. He said, we're wanting to pull out of that because of the acceptance of homosexuality. And, uh, I, I, and this is not anything new. I remember years and years ago when Gladys, some of you older, old folks, uh, old folks, you folks have been here longer, all right? Eh? Uh, no, remember Gladys, and it was a long time ago. And I remember Gladys, she used to go to the church and one day she brought me the bulletin. They, they kept sending it to her, even though she was a Baptist, you know, now and, and coming to church here. But they'd send the bulletin. And the bulletin was in their Sunday school. They had a homosexual come and try to help educate everybody how that it is a normal thing. And that was a long time ago. And even today, and people, I'm like, you know, what's taking you so long to understand this is wicked. It is sin. It's an abomination. And uh, yet uh, it, is, it is so prevalent today. And I, 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 I stop and I think, you know, that's not what the Bible says the way we're supposed to be. The Bible tells us we're to be a peculiar, and it tells us we are a peculiar people. I thought it's interesting, the, the word peculiar, and I, and I, and I looked it up, and, and peculiar, and again, I, I mentioned this morning in my Sunday school class about the Webster 1828 Dictionary, and uh, if you ever study your Bible and you want to understand about some words, you can, you can Google that, and uh, you don't even have to buy the dictionary. You can Google it, and you can look it up. Webster used the Word of God in a lot of his definitions. And so you'll find out really the best definition of a word. So if you have trouble with your King James Bible, you can look up some words. There, you don't have to go get an NIV. You can get a dictionary, look up that word, find out what it means, and, and, and it'll help you a whole lot. But the word peculiar means this, particular, special. I thought this was interesting. He said, appropriate belonging to a person and him only. That is different than everyone else. There's something 
what it talks about there, peculiar about that person. A lot of times we think about being peculiar as someone who is weird. I guess to the world we seem that way. But that's not what it's talking about. It's not that we go around being weird. But there's something different about God's people. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2.9, But ye are chosen, chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So what happens, we know that we are different, and we are peculiar people. There's something, there's something about the Christian, and I, I'm talking about real, true Christianity. Not this, not this fake stuff that's going around today, you know, where it really is just the world, and you put the word Christian in the world stuff. But I'm talking about real Christianity. That means this, that we're going to be a peculiar person. There's going to be something different about us, something that people are going to say that's peculiar to them. And one of the things that's peculiar to us is the Word of God. Amen. And, uh, but I look and I think, you know, so many things that we see happening makes us cringe, and, and so many things upset us. And, but one of the things that I think as we look and see what's happening is our minds go to something very important. And that is this, the rapture. The rapture. That ought to almost make us Baptists jump up and down. You know, to think that the rapture, I've often thought the, there's nothing that couldn't be solved that the rapture could do. If the rapture take place, everything be all right. Amen. You say, but I have a doctor's appointment. Cancel the doctor's appointment. Well, don't even worry about canceling it. Just don't show up. You won't. If you're saved, amen. Won't that be something? The rapture. The rapture is going to happen. It's the next thing, I believe, on God's, God's calendar, the rapture. And, I, you know, we don't know the day or what, day, what, what, what a day may bring. But I thought, you know, if the Lord would return, everything for us as a Christian would be fine. We'll get a new body. <laughs> Won't that be grand? Now, you young whippersnappers, you're all right. You think you're all right now. You wait. You wait until all of a sudden you see that you don't move like you used to. Oh, you, you know, here's the thing about when you get old, sometimes you think you do, but you don't. Amen. It's, you know, it's like my grandma who thought she looked so young and told my mom to use all that oil of Olay to make her stay looking young until grandma went and had her cataracts taken off, and then she cursed the, 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 the oil of Olay. Amen. It didn't do a bit of good. She just filled in the cracks with some oil of Olay. She just had greasy wrinkles. After the one cataract was removed, she, mom, my mom said, well, Grandma, her mom said, Mom, are you going to get the other eye done? She goes, if I look this bad with one good eye, I'm not getting two good eyes. One huh. of well, these days, this robe of flesh will drop and rise. Wouldn't it be something? I used to talk to Gordon all the time. He said, you know what, Gordon, one of these days, he says, Preacher, I think I'm going to die soon. He'd been saying that for years. We finally did, but I remember we always talked about this. Said, Gordon, I said, you know what you're going to do? When you get to heaven, you won't need any furniture in, in, in your mansion because he's crippled all his life. I don't think he'd sit down for the first 1,000 years, amen. I think he would just run all over glory and enjoy that place called heaven because, uh, you know, he, he, he'll, he'll have a new body. He, he, he's going to be just fine. And I think, about, I think about heaven. I think about the rapture, what's going to take place in this robe of flesh that's going to drop when we rise to be with the Lord. 
I read where someone said, you know, people, they say that a man can walk on the moon safely, and yet a man can't walk down the streets of America safely today. What a mess. But won't it be great to walk on the streets of gold? Amen. I mean, walk on them. I don't think there's going to be anybody with a little hammer trying to chisel some gold. I think we're going to walk on it, and I believe this, we'll walk barefooted. You say, why? I want my toes to feel the gold, amen? I just think how wonderful that will be. You say, I'm going to wear shoes. You go ahead and wear shoes, but I'm going barefoot and enjoy it, amen? I watch these little kids come to church that don't have to wear shoes when they're little babies, you know, and they don't wear shoes. I envy them all the time. When I get to heaven, you're going to go, oh, there's the preacher. You say, how do you know it's your preacher? Oh, you see some feet, and they're bare feet. There's mine. But I think about one of these days we'll walk the streets of gold. So I look to the rapture. My time, my message is this, my prayers. My prayers. I pray a lot about a lot of things. You know, people ask for prayer requests, and we pray about different things that folks have. But there's, there's several things that I pray about a good bit. And I think maybe the older I get, the more I pray about these things. And one of the things that I pray about is what John said in Verse number 20 here in Revelation. In the last part, he said, even so come, Lord Jesus. You know, the Lord made the promise there, surely I come quickly. I understand his quickly is not my quickly. But I'm guaranteed this, that any moment, any time, our Lord is coming again. I'll be honest with you, and I hope we all will do this from time to time. I pray, even so come Lord Jesus. You know, sometimes we say that, you know, if we got a test we have to take, or we used to pray that all the time in college, you know, exams were due, you know, or the papers were due, and we pray, even so come Lord Jesus, that would make it all better. But the older I get, the more I think about this, and I pray, Lord, come soon. Lord, come soon. Any time would be fine. If he came in the morning, that would be fine. If he came at noonday, it'd be fine. If he came at night, it'd be fine with me. I've seen a sign before. Maybe I'll have, honey, I have to make, have you make me another sign. She made me a sign. I kept saying it, God's good all the time, and I have it in the living room. I think I'm going to have her make me another sign. I, I ran across this, perhaps today. Perhaps today. Wouldn't it be something every day we'd wake up and say, perhaps today. The Lord is coming again. I long for that. I look forward to his coming again. And I, and I think, well, wouldn't it be something the Lord could come? In fact, the matter, fact of the matter is that he could come today. Now, I'm not a date setter. You know, I, I remember years ago when we were down in the little building down here in my little office, and I got, a, I got a little book was sent to me, a man sent, and he had figured out when the Lord was coming. It was back in the 80s. And he had it set when the Lord was coming. And some of you right now looking and saying, well, did he? No. But he said he set the date, and he had it in there, and he says, I am so sure I'm writing this book, and everybody knows, and then everybody realized what a fool he was. I'm not a date setter. I'll have to say this, I'm not waiting with undue excitement. You know, there's people that before have said the Lord is coming soon, and what they did, they went, and they got rid of their regular clothes, and they bought white robes. And they went up to a mountain and they stood there because somebody said, the Lord is coming this certain day. And they went with these white robes and went up this mountain waiting for the Lord to come. And he didn't. 
I'm excited about his coming, but not to the point where I'm going to just sit down and just sit on the porch and wait for him. But I know that he's coming. But I can, I can rest assured and I can be happy and calm and have an assurance of this, that at any day, any moment, the Lord could come. I don't know the date, but I'm saying this. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. I think the more we see the things that are happening in our world today, we'd have to say, it's got to be soon. And then I remember back years ago when I was a kid, that's what my preacher said then too. And I surely thought that in my childhood the Lord would come again, and he didn't. And then I thought, well, surely he's going to come in my teenage years, and he didn't. And I thought, well, surely. And when we began to have a family, surely the Lord's going to come at any moment. And I say that even tonight. Surely the Lord should come at any moment. And he may. But I know that there's a day on God's calendar that he's coming again. In my office, I have a planner, I guess is what you call it. It's a yearly planner. I think I got one this year. It has two years. You, you, what you do, you know it has all the, all the calendars in it, and you mark down things that are going on. And as we get to a new month, I always go, and even before that, I go and I look and see what have I written out because my mind I can't remember, and I have to remember if I've scheduled somebody or what's going on, when an activity is, when we're doing certain things. And when July came, I looked on my calendar, and I began to notice a few things. I looked in there in July, on July the 7th, which was last uh, Thursday, I had written down there, preach at Osterberg. It was a time that was set. As you know, I've been helping preach over there on Thursdays every so often uh, until they find a pastor. And uh, you'd think having me preach for them, they would really want to find a, pra- a pastor fast. But uh, uh, they, I'd go over, I'd preach for them there. And I looked on there, it said, it said Thursday night, it said the 7th uh, to preach there. I looked on there, it said the, the, the 14th and 15th, a Shooter's Expo. And I know it starts on the 13th, I think, but uh, I'm a good Christian. I come to church on my church on the 13th. Amen. I'm going to be in my church on the 13th. Amen. All righty, good. <laughs> I was hoping somebody would be excited about it. But uh, I'll be here, but then on the 14th, I'll be over at the expo, and, and I'll be dodging bullets like everybody. I mean, I'll be there helping out, and uh, we'll have a good time. But I looked on there, and there's the 13th and the 14th, or the 14th and the 15th, Shooter's Expo. I looked on there, and the 17th was Brother Taylor will be with us there. And so I look in that calendar, and I realize there are things that are set on that calendar, and those things are going to happen. It happened on that Thursday that I went and I preach. It's going to happen this week uh, and on, on Thursday and Friday when we go over to, Oost- over to Osterberg or where Brother Cor lives up on the mountain there and only the Lord knows what the name of it is. But we're going to go up there and, and, and we'll spend that time there and, 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 and then what's going to happen? Brother Taylor's going to come. Those things are already set. I believe with all my heart that God has a calendar and the date is set. He just doesn't show me what it is wants me to keep watching but I'm as sure as I'm standing here right now he's got a date set when he comes again won't it be something and so I pray even so come Lord Jesus but then number two I pray another way too my second prayer is an outward expression of a longing to depart and be with the Lord I'm not trying to be morbid or anything. I'm not wanting to die. 
but I sure am looking forward to heaven. Amen. The Bible says in Philippians 1.23, For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, now listen to this, which is far better. I find in my heart, the older I get maybe, the more I long for that place called heaven. Uh, y'all look at me like he's just planning on rolling over and dying. I know I'm not going to plan on doing that. But I'm saying this, there's nothing wrong in this world for us to desire to go to heaven. It's real. It's real. I was thinking, you know what we ought to be? We ought to be homesick for heaven. Homesick for heaven. And you boys were down at camp this week. Smile on their faces. And you know what? You really enjoyed it, didn't you? Now, you don't have to answer this out loud, but did you kind of miss home a little bit? <laughs> well, this isn't helping this point. <laughs> yeah, they kind of like, mm, yeah. I'm sure they're thinking, man, I miss mom and dad. Wait a minute. Yeah, maybe. I know their parents, so I'm not too sure right now. But I'm sure they missed home. Oh, they were having a good time. They probably looked forward to a lot of things, but there was still something about home. I enjoy the life that we have here on this earth. I enjoy when we come to church. That's why I cut up with the fellas. I enjoy it, but I'm honestly, oftentimes, and the more older I get, the more I start thinking, won't it be great? We'll get to heaven. Now, I'm not sure how I'm going to go there. You say, what do you mean? I mean, I'm, going to, I'm either going to die or I'm going to rise. Now, I'm hoping for the rising part. I don't want the dying part. But I think about heaven, and I think, you know, sometimes I find myself homesick for heaven. Because I think about heaven, that is a place where everything's perfect. I sometimes try to look and see what's going on in our world, and I, 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 I'm really concerned about even looking at that. I want to be informed of what's happening, but I'm concerned about it because I don't like the bad news. But there's nothing bad about the news of heaven. I'll look forward to it. You know, we keep telling others about that place called heaven, but has it really sunk into us how wonderful it is? You know, when you think about this, heaven is perfect. Amen. Heaven is perfect. You know, we don't, not one of us live in a perfect house. You can find something wrong in that house somewhere. We don't live in a perfect world, but let me tell you something. We get to heaven, everything will be perfect up there. The contractors down here are not perfect, but the contractor of heaven is perfect. Everything is all right. Everything's all right in my father's house. We tell people that all the time, and yet... I wonder, do we really, do we really desire that place called heaven? Yes, I look forward to the rapture where I rise to be with the Lord, but I also look forward and kind of homesick for heaven. We like that song that says, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. And yet, you know what we do? We live like the world is our home. We act like the world is our home, but we're just passing through. The Bible tells us we're just pilgrims. 
Look with me to Hebrews chapter number 11, not far from where we're at there in Revelation. Hebrews chapter number 11. First verse I want you to see is verse number 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims where? On the earth. They said, we're just strangers and pilgrims here on this earth. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what we are here. This world, like the song says, this world is not my home. We're just passing through. Look at the same chapter, uh, verse number 16, chapter 11, verse number 16. The Bible says, but now they desire a better country, that is, and heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he had prepared for them a city. You know what, tonight, there's nothing wrong with us desiring a better country. I love America. I'm thankful for America. Amen. We had that big flag on the wall here this past week, and and it's so beautiful to see the stars and stripes. We look out over here. We're thankful for America, but I'll tell you what, I am sure thankful for a place called heaven. I look forward to that day. I I love America, but I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to that place. It's not going to hurt my feelings to leave America to go to heaven. Amen. I'm not being not patriotic i'm still patriotic but i'm saying there's a place better that's what he said there but now they desire a better country that is in heavenly it's not wrong for us to desire heaven it's not wrong for us to say you know what i sure am looking forward to heaven i'm looking forward to that place that god tells us about nothing wrong with that and so i pray for the rapture i pray for that place called heaven but thirdly my third prayer is this Philippians chapter 1 verse 24 says, Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. It's like we're just kind of tore, aren't we? We want the rapture to take place and how great that would be for us. We long for that place called heaven. And then we find in Philippians... Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. I look forward to the coming of the Lord and the rapture, and I'm excited about heaven and the wonders of it all. But there's also another part of me that says, I want to abide in the flesh. Now, if you thought when I first started here, why, he's looking to die. Well, I'm not afraid to. And I'm looking for the Lord to return again. But also, this is sometimes why we kind of feel mixed up. I desire to stay here. Does that mean I'm a bad Christian? No. Does that mean because you say, you know, we go to the doctor and we take our vitamins and we eat, try to eat healthy, you know, and, and, and do things like that? Why? We're trying to stay alive. Does that mean you're a bad Christian because you're trying to stay alive? No. There's a reason we're here on this earth. The Lord did not, when we got saved, the Lord did not knock us in the head and take us on to heaven. There's a reason that we're here. You see, the reason I want to abide in the flesh is because there's more for me to do. I guess sometimes the way we are is we're just a little bit selfish, wanting to depart. Sometimes life is difficult, isn't it? 
Sometimes life is difficult for us. And I think, boy, how great it will be to go to heaven. But I, I think how wonderful it will be every morning for it to be so fresh and new. Heaven will be new every day to us, I think. How good it is to be able to wake up here even on this earth and to serve the Lord. What a blessing to serve him. What a blessing. I thought, you know, eternity's ahead, but and, and, and eternity is, is better than what is here right now. But I also pray that God would allow me to stay here because there's something else he wants me to do. Ladies and gentlemen, you say, well, that's good for a preacher. Do you understand God has something for you to do too? You're not here just to take up some space in a pew. You're not here just to show up at church and say, man, once in a great while. We're here for a reason. And so when I look and I think, oh, I want to go to heaven, I also look and say, but I want to stay here. It's more needful for me. Sometimes I get discouraged. Probably every preacher does, everybody does. Then it hits me, I'm need, it's needful for me to be here. I was walking away this afternoon after church, and, and you know, tennis is down. It always gets to a preacher. And I was walking away, and, and as my wife and I turned to walk here, all of a sudden I hear a little voice going, Bye. And I looked, and there at the Unks car, the back window was down. And here's a little girl with her hand out the window waving. Bye. And you know what I thought? She needs me. These other little kids need me too. Before the, before the service, little Elijah's in my office. He didn't get to bring his toys, Dad. I know why. Good going, Dad. Teach him. But he didn't come in. He kept looking at my toys. I said, didn't you bring your toys? He says, no, Dad said I couldn't tonight. He didn't gripe about you. <laughs> if it was me, I would have. But uh, uh, he, he didn't gripe about you at all. And, and, and uh, you know, he stood, stood, stood there and told me, he said he's going to be five here in eight weeks. I mean, the kid has it down to the day. <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, what, what do you want for your birthday? I mean, that was almost a half hour telling me what he wanted. <laughs> You better get an extra job, brother. <laughs> All of a sudden, he goes, I think it's about time for choir. He ran, and he started putting everything away, all the toys away. He ran out the door. You know what I thought? He needs me. Well, somebody else could go in that office, and he could go play cars in there with somebody else. But I think, you know what? There's people who need me. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, it's not just me. There's people that need you. There's somebody who can affect their life. So many times we're just so selfish about myself. What is in for me? Oh, I just want to go to heaven. I understand that. And there's a part of me that looks at that and thinks, my, I feel like I'm so selfish, but that's not wrong to desire that. But I'm glad also with those desires of the rapture and the desire of being in heaven with the Lord, I also have the desire to... Stay here. 
Again, I'm not looking the same way. I'm just afraid to die. I'm not. It's always was, it was already settled August 11th, 1971. I thought about the story of Elijah and Elisha. Go with me to 2 Kings chapter number 2. Second Kings chapter number two, and we find here the story about Elijah and Elisha. And let's 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 go to uh, verse number six. All right. And Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee, here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off, and they stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. What a miracle. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee, but if not... It shall not be so. Now you think about this. Here, Elijah is about ready to be taken away. Where's Elijah going? Heaven. Pretty good place, isn't it? He's, he's about ready to be taken out of this old sinful flesh. He's about ready to go on to heaven where there's no sin up there. And what does it say in verse number 11? And it came to pass as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind unto heaven. Can you imagine what Elijah, what Elisha saw there? As Elijah now, as this, as, as, as this chariot of fire has come, and the horses, and all of a sudden they take Elijah, and he goes on up to heaven. What a spectacular thing that took place. Verse 12. And Elisha saw it. And he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. He took his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where's the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. Do you understand what had happened here? And this is what, this is what really hit me. Elijah, Elijah now is taken up to heaven by, this, by the chariot. And what a wonderful, spectacular thing that he saw. And Elisha knew what was happening. He was the Lord came to get him. What's interesting is Elisha doesn't say, Lord, can you send a chariot for me? I wonder if maybe we would have done that. I wonder if we would have said, you know what, I'd sure like to go on up to heaven now. I'd sure like to have the blessings of that place called heaven. Why, Lord, I long to be with you too. I'm sure he did long to be with the Lord. But he didn't call for another chariot. Remember what he had asked for? He asked for a double portion. And what did he do? He went and he picked up Elijah's mantle. They smoked the waters. And they parted, didn't they? You know, you know, this is what I'm talking about here. He realized there was something yet for him to do. There was something that he could do. Oh, yes, it had been better, I'm sure, in the real matter of things. It would be better if the Lord had sent a chariot from him, for him. But 
It wasn't so much that he was trying to, to leave. He was just wanting to serve God. It's kind of like, you know, we need to be praying for power to do more for God as we stay here. Oh, I didn't say stop praying for the rapture. I didn't say don't, 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 don't be afraid to long for that place called heaven. But be thankful you're here. And ask God to use you now. I thought about the story of Esther. We studied that not too long ago. And the Bible says in Esther chapter 4 verse 14. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time. Then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth. And listen to this part. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. God was saying, you're here for a reason. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the coming of the Lord. Yeah, the rapture wouldn't hurt my feelings at all. Yes, I'll have to say, when I look and see all the stuff that's happening in our world, I long for that place called heaven. But I also know I long for God to use me some more. As much as we long for heaven, we know we're here for a reason. We just need to kind of remember that he's coming again. We're to remember to dream of that pearly white city, that great reunion, that opportunity to see our Savior face to face. But while we do that, we keep serving the Lord. Now here's the thing. You and I might live and die before the Lord comes. We might have to go through some perilous things in life. We might have to suffer. Yes, I like for the Lord to come. You hear me say this all the time. I look for the upper taker instead of the undertaker. But also, if the Lord should tarry, and I live to be older than 68. And I die. I pray for this. That my life glorifies him. The Bible says in John 10, 28. Jesus is about to go to the cross of Calvary and die for our sins. In John 12, 28 it says, Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. You know what our life ought to be about? Glorifying the Lord. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the glorifying of the Lord. If the Lord would come, I would rejoice and that this robe of flesh would drop and rise. How wonderful it would be. Oh, along, and I think, Lord... How wonderful it's going to be to be in heaven someday. But I also, I know I need to be here. But I know this at the end. It could be that he'll tarry. Now I look around in the room. There's a lot of folks that used to be here. That are in heaven. In my office is that baseball card of Bob Ramazzotti. Who played for the Chicago Cubs back in the 50s. And one day, a Catholic man knocked on his door. 
And Bob invited me in. But more important, he invited Jesus in to his heart. And he asked Jesus, I remember, I can still remember that's kneeling down next to his rocking chair there. And, and Bob bowed his head and asked Jesus to come into his heart and forgive him of his sins. It was like a few months after that, I saw the obituary in the paper where Bob is in heaven, that he passed away. Mr. Hoover, remember, he sat back here all the time. He come to church. He loved this place. He loved the folks here. And I, can I say this? He loved me. Oh, I remember I, I'd go by and try to talk to him. You had to spend a couple hours usually. He just wanted to talk and talk and talk. And he loved the church. And when he started coming to church, he started reading his Bible. I think he was a Lutheran man before that. He started coming to church, and then finally one day, I was just really burdened about him. I asked him, and he acted like he knew what I was talking about, salvation. But I just kind of pinpointed it. I said, Mr. Hoover, if you were to die right now, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? He says, I hope so. I said, wouldn't you like to know so? He said, yes. So we sat down, and I got to lead that man to the Lord. So interesting, I went back to see him about the next week, and he said, you know what, preacher? He said, I'm still reading my Bible, but it's making more sense to me now. You see, you got a teacher with it now. He said, it makes some sense to me. And I remember he got really bad and was there in Altoona in the home there. I remember him going up there to talk to him, and oh, he'd get mean sometimes, but never with me. And nurse fella came in there, and he says, don't leave that alone. Well, he just got mad at him. I'm like, oh, boy, he's, if he could get up out of this bed, he's going to punch him. And then he would look over at me, and he would be so kind. And then I went, and he would just stare. And then the news came that he was gone. Oh, but what? I know where he's at. He's in that place called heaven. I'm thankful God let me stay here. Those were a few people, and all of us probably could give testimony tonight, of people that we've led to the Lord in all of our years that are there in heaven already because we're still here. Yes, I look forward to the rapture. Yes, I pray about heaven. Yes, I pray that God would use me here I guess I can want all of them, and it wouldn't be wrong. But I've got to stay busy as I long for his coming. I must stay busy. We must all stay busy as we long for that place called heaven. You see, the truth of the matter is it's all in the Lord's hand. It's not wrong for us to desire those things tonight. It would be wrong for us just to sit in the corner and desire it, though. Let us be busy as we desire that place called heaven. Let us be busy as we look for the rapture to take place, as we witness to people. You see, you think about this. We get to heaven, we won't be able to witness to anyone because everybody's saved up there. Yeah, even so, come Lord Jesus. But if you don't come right away, 
use me. That will be our prayer tonight. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again tonight, we're thankful for the fact that we know there's a heaven. No doubt in our mind, my Bible is very clear about that place called heaven. The only way we can be there is to be born again, be saved. And I pray that everyone in this room is saved. But Lord, if there's somebody not sure of it tonight, they would be sure of it. And Lord, I pray for every Christian tonight. Well, i got a feeling most of us, if not everybody, does long for your coming again. And Lord, probably we all are just kind of anxious about that place called heaven being there someday. And we long for it. Lord, we also pray that we be used while we're here. Evidently, since you have not come back yet and we have not died, there's a reason for us to be here tonight. Lord, help us be faithful as we serve you. Lord, help us do what we can, why we can, and not just waste our time away. Use us. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed here this evening. Maybe you're here, you're not sure of salvation. I wonder if there'd be anyone here tonight who said, Preacher, if I was to die, I don't know I'd go to heaven. Preacher, I'd like to know that. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up, anyone? Preacher, I don't know that I'm saved, but I'd like to know it. Pray for me. Christian, tonight, God's spoken to your heart. You may say with me tonight, you know, I, I do that too. I, I look forward to the rapture. I, I long for heaven. I, 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 I'm, I'm looking forward to the Lord coming again, and I'm looking forward to being in that place called heaven. But I, I hope also there's the desire as you stay here to do something for the Lord. God spoke in your heart tonight. The altar be open as always. You come. Take care of some business with the Lord. But you're here tonight. You say, Preacher, I know that I'm, I, I'm not sure that I'm saved. By all means, you come and get my attention. And we'll show you in the Bible how you can know 100% sure you're going to heaven. Father, bless the invitation time now. I pray that your will would be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we stand?